Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Uh, tough, Tough times don't last, but tough people do. On today's episode, I have the very sweet, empathetic, compassionate Helen Glenn, mentor and Rapid Results Life Coach on the show, sharing her experience with recovering from abuse, loss and grief. If you are searching for answers for the pain you are going through because of your trauma, grief and loss, I hope you find some answers here. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Helen. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so grateful that you are happy to chat with me today. The more I talk to other women like me, the more believable it is that one in three women has been through some form of abuse. I never for one minute really doubted that, but conversations like the one we are about to dive into is a testimony not only to this terrible statistic, but more importantly on how women can overcome adversity like this. Helen, I love that you have seen both sides of the coin from having great success in your life to having tragic loss in your life and how that has given you so much knowledge, experience, empathy, compassion, courage and wisdom. It is so important for women to know that when they go through dark times and devastating times of loss, that they are not alone in what they are going through and that there is help and support out there for them to find joy in life again after grief. Helen, can you tell us, please, a bit about yourself and your journey and what led you to want to help women like you? Um. I've experienced a lot of trauma um, right from childhood uh, to midlife crisis and um, come through that with um, a resilience of being able to see life in a new light. Um, I had to live with myself, of course, so it was important that I was um, being kind to myself so that I could in uh, get on with life and with uh, being able to um, parent my children as a single mother and being able to um, have uh, faith in my own ability to be able to be the provider, to be able to be the uh, mother and the friend of my children and to be able to um, uh, you know, not fall down in a heap and uh, get onto drugs and alcohol um, and things like that. So I found my own um, peace in my uh, faith. I'm not over the top with uh, with um, pouncing on 
my religion or passing it on to others, but um, I was very, very um, uh, comforted when I actually opened up my Bible and I read verses in Psalms and in, you know, Proverbs and uh, places where there was so much good teaching. And I also um, helped myself by going to positive um, places where there were women who would help me to see myself as a better person rather than to bring me down. Mm. Because it's very easy to beat ourselves up. It's so easy to feel worthless. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's so easy to to feel worthless and uh, to to, to go into oneself and say, where did I go wrong? Uh, You know, and and, uh, we have to go through these stages to be able to recognize the strength of a woman and how we can overcome the very worst of things uh, because it's a mindset. The body, mind and spirit are all connected. And when you, I was saying that when you actually experience trauma, uh, the frontal part of your brain just completely goes haywire. There's lights coming up all over the place and the speech part of it just, there's a big hole scientifically. So much so that you can't actually speak, but you can cry and you can, uh, you know, feel very, very heartbroken and and often uh, because you can't express yourself, you just feel nobody understands you. But that's not true because so many of us who experience trauma or experience loss know the feeling themselves uh, is exactly the same. So it's okay to feel that way. But at the same time, it's okay too to realize that you matter, that you are entitled to peace and happiness, that you are a wonderful, wonderful human being. And you're vitally important when you're parenting children to be upbeat and and focused rather than crying all the time and depressed. Yeah, that's such a such a good point. And I know just from my own experience that you know my deepest, darkest moments, the thing that jolted me out of them was always my children. That you know, knowing that they needed me to be okay. They needed me to be their foundation. And I knew that I needed to jolt myself out of that dark place because my kids needed me. So it's, they are, you know, I'm just so grateful for my children because I can see many opportunities where I could have not come out of that dark space 
if I didn't have my ch- my kids. I'm just so grateful that I'm a mum and, you know, and they gave me that motivation to um, get out of that dark place of suffering and um, and those feelings of hopelessness that I felt. And even if I still internally was feeling quite hopeless about the situation, I had the motivation and the drive to give my kids a sense that everything was okay in spite of how I was feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same with me. Um, you know, after um, uh, the divorce, there was, I took my three children and um, we uh, started life. Oh, life changed. <laughs> with the divorce goes the lifestyle and the home and, and the business and everything else. So there's a big change, not just for me as a mother, but for my children as well. Mm. So I had to try and get them to uh, feel as safe as possible. Yes. Uh, to give them hope that everything will be okay. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, when I lost uh, everything almost overnight, it was, uh, it was a deep shock mm. as to how, how would I cope? Yes. Uh, my income has been taken away. My mm. home has been taken away. Mm. My husband's gone. <laughs> yes. um, and I had moved uh, into rented premises, but my rent was actually coming from my business. It was my income. So when that was taken away, uh, it was um, a sense of uh, despair and, mm. you know, and, and I thought, someone said, well, I'd always own my own business and I was running a million dollar business. So to lose that and overnight, I went out to Centrelink with my daughter, eldest daughter, and I asked them if I explained to them what had happened and I had no income. And I asked if I could receive some uh, money. And they said to me, well, we want to see all your business yes. credentials. And I said, but it's all frozen. It's, it's um, you know, it's under an administration, the company. Mm. Uh, I just don't have any money. And they said, well, we have to see all that first. And we didn't put you in that situation. So go away. And I was absolutely devastated. Mm. It was. It took a lot of courage, first of all, to get down to Centrelink. Yes. And then to be um, shown the door, so to speak. Yes. Um, I, I just said, look, um, I have to get a job. Mm. And my friend said to me, you'll never be able to get a job. You've been your own boss for so long. And, you know, how are you going to get a job? <laughs> So I had a little country furniture shop that I had opened, and but it was hard paying two rents, two electricities, um, and you know, all the other expenses. So I, someone brought me the evening paper, the local paper, and I opened it and I said, "Well, let me see if I can get a job." And there was a few sales jobs, and um, 
you know, in market research. And I thought, look, this will help me because if I could work in the evening after I close the shop, that might work. So I rang the lady up and I said, oh, can I come in for an interview? And she said, sure. And she said, well, I said, um, she said, well, can you start tomorrow? And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um, I have a shop, I have to close it first. So I can't actually start at four, like you want me to. She said, that's all right. After you close the shop, you just come in. And that's how I got into market research because they trained me up. And of course I went on from there. Um, I went back to, to uni and did the marketing, did marketing at Sydney Uni and, and went uh, on to being an employee. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know how to fill out a timesheet. I remember saying, what do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, but, but you know what? Um, it gave me work in the evening because my son, became very ill after his father had left and left the country. And uh, so it, it gave me the opportunity of looking after him during the day and uh, going to work in the evening so that um, the girls could come home and take care of him in the evening. Right. So. Yeah, that's a lot. That's so much to be juggling, isn't it? It is. And, um, but, it um, it gave me a new perspective on how resilient we women really mm. are. We make it happen. Yes. We make it happen because three children, they were all teenagers, all doing some sort of a major exam. Like my eldest was doing her HSC. My son was doing year 10. Mm. And the youngest one was going from junior school to high school at the time. So it was, I tried to keep as much stability as I could. And that really, that experience bonded us, mm. the four of us. Yeah. Uh, we were inseparable, literally. literally. You know, we, we sort of, as a small unit, we just did what we could for each mm. other. And it, it's, it's paid off even now, you know. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to make the most of your moments, don't you, with your children? Absolutely. You know, I remember someone saying to me, look, your children are only on loan to you. Yes. And um, you don't actually understand it when you're a mother. You know, you've got your ups and downs. You've got your times when, uh, when they annoy you or don't do things that you've asked them to do and yeah, it's difficult. Parenting is difficult, especially parenting on your own. Yes. Yeah, when you don't have anybody to back you up, to give you that the support to help put boundaries around your children and to help them understand why those boundaries are there, it's really challenging. That's exactly right. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where... Um, you don't bargain for stuff like this. It just happens. Yeah. Uh, no one teaches you how to be a parent. You just learn as you go and you it's part of you. You know, when you bear your children, when you've gone through that. And I was just, it was coincidence, but I was just reading 
uh, a part in Proverbs, I think, this morning, where it said, where you were intricately wo woven, the child was woven inside your womb. Mm. All the internal parts and everything else was happening inside the mother. Mm. It's such an amazing thing, the miracle of birth. It's miraculous, absolutely mm. miraculous. So the understanding of who and what a mother is is so important. It's such an important role. Mm. It's such a such an amazing journey. Uh, I was so glad that I was able to achieve having my children and um, and and life takes you on diff different journeys you know uh, the girls I've got my two girls uh, living here in Sydney and very sadly I lost my son when he was 19. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah it was very tragic um, and that was such a traumatic experience in itself uh, you never you never imagine, you never bargain for that sort of thing happening in your life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to count our blessings, don't we, and each day and um, parenting, you know, as you say, you just, you never know what is around the next corner. Um, you never know, <laughs> you know, how long you've got or how long anybody has you know in this life and um if we can just be mindful of that as we go through our day and I have to remind myself of this many many times Helen because you know uh, I my kids are, are normal teenage kids and normal teenage kids push the boundaries you know and yes. I have to remind myself you know they're not on drugs they're not drinking they're not smoking um I've got them at home you know although they don't like when I put a boundary around them they'll listen to me you know although we argue you know they're safe um and they're getting an education and you know they're good they're here they you know they've got a life ahead of them and and that's that's wonderful you know and that should outweigh all of the the things that challenge you know challenge parents in in the day-to-day life <laughs> goes yes. with parenting. <laughs> I just want to take a quick break to tell you about a little competition I am running at the moment to hopefully put a bit more sparkle into your day and help you feel special and valued. I believe every girl deserves a bit of sparkle power. So once a month, I'm giving away a gorgeous tiara to one lucky listener. Here's what you need to do to go into the draw. Just write a review on your favorite podcast app, paste it onto your Facebook stories and tag me, Sandy Johnston. Your reviews help other women find the podcast more easily, which means the absolute world to me. 
Okay, now back to today's episode. Yes, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, I had the three children. They were all in private schools. And um, I was just wondering. Uh, I, that's why I went and opened a little furniture shop, country furniture store yes. in Pimble. And um, uh, uh, to be able to pay their school fees, I had to yeah. continue selling, you know, pieces of furniture and... <laughs> Can I tell you, I was doing exactly the same thing to try and, you know, make ends meet and try and, you know, cover our costs. I think, yeah. you know, one of those things about women is they just resourceful. So yes, that's any, right. Any guys that may be listening to this, which would be a miracle because I'm trying to reach out to women, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm no, no insult intended, but um my experience is I, I got resourceful and I found that I had a real knack for sourcing um, curios and vintage and antiques and mm. really interesting things through going to garage sales or yard sales, as they would call them in America, or I would go into um, op shops or what do they call them charity shops you know to or thrift shops to source things and um, and then I would clean them up and I would on sell them and make you know make some money on top of it it's basically recycling re and um, one man's junk you know one man's trash is another man's treasure and yeah. And that's what I did. And that was just came because I have always loved old things. I, you know, put an antique in front of me, put an antique in my house. And I know, you know, many people are like, oh no, I just want modern. You just give me a modern home, give me modern furnishings. But, um, I'd have an antique any day over <laughs> a new piece of furniture because I just adore them and I think that they, uh, they've got so much character, the the workmanship and the the craftsmanship, you know, in them is just incredible and I've just got a huge appreciation for, for antiques and vintage and so I, uh, you know, I turned that interest into something that would bring a few extra dollars in the door to help us, you know, meet our daily needs. So, yes. yeah, you do what you've got to do, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I, and when I say you've got to do it, I loved it. You know, I really, really got a kick out of finding these amazing curios and things and then knowing that... I was able to find things that other people loved and on sell them. It's just, you know, a great joy. So, um, yeah, I've, I count my blessings and think I'm I'm very fortunate that I, I kind of fell into that and gave it a go. And I think it's that willingness to give things, to try things, isn't it? Just to... Yes see well does you know will this work and if it doesn't work be prepared to try something else so and not That's not right. give up because it hasn't worked but yeah I just want to get back to um, your experience with Centrelink for a minute I think I'm not sure you know when what year it was that you approached Centrelink and I 
it may be a blessing in disguise because you got on your own feet without needing to um, go on to a single mother's pension or going on to New Start or another, you know, um, form of welfare from the government. I just want to say to um, to you if you're listening and um, and you are on welfare, that there is no shame in being on welfare and um, that a lot of times um, women actually need time to heal from their trauma before they are in a fit state to go back into the workforce so don't beat yourself up if you are on welfare for whatever reason and for whatever period you need to um, seek that support um, please don't feel bad about that and I know I can just remember how hard because I did go on to welfare and I remember how hard it was to um, each time I went to Centrelink for support um, it was like jumping over hurdles there was so I felt like there was because there's so much paperwork that you've got to do there's so much information they need um, and even when you go and you say, I have nothing, it's like you, you have to identify every little thing that you do or don't have and you have to be completely transparent. And in, you know, for somebody who's already feeling incredibly vulnerable because of their situation, it's really confronting to go through that process with Centrelink where you have to divulge all of this information but it's a necessary part of the process. And I I think that Centrelink, there's some the things that they've got in place now. And I'll just, for anyone who's listening who's outside of Australia, it you will have um, more than likely, you'll have some welfare, access to welfare in the country that you live in. I can't speak um, about that specifically but I'm just referring to what happens in Australia for women um, the system has changed here over recent years where they now have uh, funding available for women they actually have if you call Centrelink and when you're making an inquiry they'll have a recording on there if you are suffering from you know financial if you are suffering from domestic abuse um, they will have a you know a direct link for you to get access to support um, they're aware much more aware now that um, there are a lot of women who are vulnerable and who need immediate access to some financial support um, because uh, to stay safe with their most basic need to stay safe. They need some, you know, relief, some financial relief. So Centrelink's gotten a lot better and they've gained a lot more understanding of what um, this, the problem is. And, um, and I, I do believe that they're improving and addressing that. They have even got um, social workers there now. So if they identify that, some, that a, a woman is at risk, 
um, her safety is at risk and she's in that uh, vulnerable position with domestic abuse, um, a, a social worker can be appointed. It, I think, I'm not sure exactly, so don't quote me, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the process is. I had access to a social worker. I do believe that it was once the police were involved in my situation that I think that when the police become involved, that it's then interconnected into those sort of social service supports and the same with um, domestic violence support agencies and community-based uh, agencies are all then uh, become more involved in your situation um, once it gets to that level. But um, I just thought I'd touch on on that because I've you know got some experience with dealing with Centrelink and I have seen some changes. But essentially, what you're talking about with that kind of um, how how difficult it is to go through that process to gain access to welfare support. Um, it can feel very, very degrading. And I think that one of the things that happens when you are in that vulnerable situation is there's a loss of dignity already. You're feeling a loss of dignity for being in that situation where, you know, the day before you were you had a business, you had a husband, you had a, you know, you had this, you had that. And then you've had the rug pulled out from underneath your feet, you know, so to speak. And you are having to go to a welfare office and seek support. And it's very confronting. It, you know, it does it really, um, it does impact on our sense of self-worth. And it would take a remarkably, you know, strong person not to have a loss of confidence or loss of self-esteem when one day they've got security and the next day they have none and they are in a position where they have to seek support um, with getting some fundamental help just to survive with their children. Yes, I'm, I'm glad, Sandy, you did mention that um, this, I'm going back 20 years ago. Yes. And I'm so happy to hear of the reforms where it's so much easier for women because there's so much more awareness of um, battered women syndrome. Yes. Um, uh, you know, you can be physically and emotionally battered. And um, uh, I found that uh, 20 years ago, uh, it was difficult um, but when my son got very ill, um, uh, I had to, I did go on back to them. And uh, by this time, of course, I had nothing anyway. Uh, it was easier to fill out all their forms and prove all that, what they wanted. And um, so that helped me a little bit with, um, uh, with paying my rent and I was able to work for the food and and to, uh, you know, uh, see hospital bills and things like that, because I had a very, very sick son. Yeah. And, um, but the sad part is with my son, you know, we, we guarded him really and looked after him so much. 
that um, he went out one day to spend the night at his friend's place. And uh, there were three guys who went there to extort money off his friend. And uh, they were all 19. And my son said, look, he was going to tell the cops about them. So they followed him and killed him. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, I, I just had to take then time out um, after, you know, going through homicide and, and uh, forensic science. And, yeah, it was difficult. It's absolutely devastating. Mm. Absolutely devastating. So um, my youngest uh, daughter, she went to Queensland to um, live with her boyfriend, and uh, she was um, she went to TAFE there, and she she used to ring me every day and say, "Mom, can you please come here?" So I went to live in Queensland on the Gold Coast for a year. It was much um, of a better atmosphere. Lifestyle, uh, yes, lifestyle. I mean, more relaxed, and I I was able to walk along the beach and mm. and just um, relax and uh, you know do my praying and my crying and everything else. And um, I joined a network uh, network marketing group. So there was uh, I used to go and just sit down and listen into their lectures and and be amongst people. Uh, in the evenings, you know, once a week, once a month or whatever it was. But I had that social support. Mm. And um, I, um, I was coming back to Sydney for the court case, um, you know, uh, up and down, up and down. And um, I missed my friends and uh, family who were in Sydney. So um, I moved back to Sydney after a year and uh, Julie followed. But um, uh, and we've, you know, ever since made our life here in Sydney. And I'm very proud to say that um, about a year ago, I was given a surprise by my youngest daughter. She, um, she said, Mom, come out, I've got something here for you. <laughs> so I went out and she had this beautiful little red car. And she said, Mom, this is yours. Oh, <laughs> isn't that beautiful? Oh, wow. Oh, that's lovely. That's so lovely. So they went out and bought you, a, she she went out and bought you a car? Did she? she? Did. Yes, oh, she did. Oh, my goodness. That's a blessing, isn't it? You've been through so much, haven't you? Yeah, and you are very, very strong. That you You've got a big heart. And it's wonderful that you want to help other women to get through the other side of it too. That's true. You know, um, there's good times and bad times. Yeah. And um, when Julie <laughs> presented me with this car, she said, um, here are the keys. She said, that's for me being a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're putting up with me. <laughs> Oh, how gorgeous. Oh, how beautiful. That's just beautiful. Yeah. 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 So, well, that gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's very difficult. I mean, you know, she was 14 and 
very rebellious and yes. uh, sometimes I used to tear my hair out and yes. just wonder, you know, if this yes. was if this was top and um, you know how she was she 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 was very strong. She was a she's a very strong young lady. I've got one and, of those. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, it it came as a real. I mean, I was overwhelmed. I'm sorry, but um, it. Please I don't apologize <laughs> at all. I never expected something like that from her, and um, you know. Uh, so it's it's funny enough because uh, the universe hears. <laughs> I always wanted a little red car. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it was oh. quite uh, quite amazing. Yeah, it's not the, it's not a typical sort of gift, is it? <laughs> no, know? that's right. And one of one of my friends said, um, she says, "Where have I gone wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I do feel very blessed, and I just say to women out there, mothers, and you know, going through hard times is um, yeah, as they say. Uh, tough, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Mm. And, That's a uh, great saying. I haven't yeah. heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. You, you just have to see yourself through. Yeah, yeah. Because the only person you're really living with is yourself. Yeah. So um, I, I found that uh, my friends and my family, my brother, uh, my brother was in Melbourne, lives in Melbourne, and my sister lives in Darwin. And I had a cousin here uh, in Sydney who was such a wonderful support. He and his um, his wife and two boys. And I remember him coming to me one day and he said, uh, he was going through a rocky patch himself. He said, he brought his older son, who was about, uh, probably about, 10 or 11 and he said Helen if anything happens to me can you look after my son and I said of course Andrew you know I said but nothing's going to happen and uh, it was he might have had a premonition because when that boy was 12 um, they went to the beach and uh, the younger boy was um he was taken in a rip so the father went out and saved him but the father drowned oh my god so um i did spend about a year um living with um, his wife looking after the boys as well so, um you know it it it's life is all about challenges it certainly is and, uh, you know, losing the person who was um, uh, the senior member of our family that was really assisting me in some small ways, um, uh, I found that, uh, you know, life's not just about me, it's about other people as well. Yes. And when we can, we have to be able to be available for others. Yes. And put our own selves or emotions aside. Yes. So fortunately for me, my two girls were able to, um, you know, Julie was still in Queensland and my older one was here. But 
they both said to me, Mom, we want to live with you, you know, so you better come back and <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to get some accommodation here that we can all live together. Uh, because my eldest girl was getting married the next year. Okay. And she used to say, and I'd go to work and come back and I'd go straight to bed. And she used to say to me, Mom, I've come home to be with you. What's wrong? It's six o'clock and you're in bed. And she'd bring me my dinner to bed. I didn't really realize that I was going through a depression. Wow. That I felt so tired yeah. and, and uh, I'd just go straight to bed. Yeah. And um, I went and saw my doctor and he gave me uh, just a week's supply of um, antidepressant. And that really made me feel so much better. Uh, but I, I was associating it uh, later when I analyzed this as being another loss. Yes. For my daughter being married was yes. another loss. So now I just want to take a quick break and tell you about the free guide with five tips to gain confidence and courage to deal with the tough stuff. The second is a discovery call, which I would normally charge for, but this one is on me, my gift to you for the month of November. In this call, we can chat about where you are at, what you are struggling with and what solution you are looking for. I want you to have useful tips you can implement in your life today to help you get started on the road to recovering control over your life and your choices. I get that your trust is broken and you don't know where to turn. That's why you can have this chat with me to see if you feel okay about leaning on me and borrowing from my skills and experience. My aim is to help support you when you feel like it's time to explore something different when you are ready to try something new to heal and grow. I help women transform from a poverty and scarcity consciousness, which is a perfectly understandable state of mind after going through financial abuse, to replace that with a mindset focused on personal and financial freedom. How does that sound? Is that something you would like to explore? Oh, and before I forget, I'll let you in on something I haven't yet released and I want to make available to anyone who subscribes to my mailing list and joins the Tiaras, Tears and Triumphs Facebook group before the end of 2020. This offer is designed to keep you motivated every single day of the year. Sound good? My promise is to give you a daily motivational affirmation every day in 2021. 2020 has been a tough year and I thought we can all do with a dose of positivity every day to help keep us motivated to deal with the challenges we face. To tap into any of these offers, just visit my website www.sandyj.com 
www.thrivingmindset.com.au. Now, back to today's show. Fortunately for me, I actually met uh, my husband, at, who is my husband today. <laughs> um, uh, I, I met him, uh, big, friends of ours, we, we decided we'd go on a picnic uh, and she hired a yacht and we'd all pitch in 50 bucks each and go and have a day selling pit water. And uh, so his accountant brought him along and said, oh, John, you know, we need some more men on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we met there, but I didn't think much of it because he was a bit younger than me and things. And, and he kept asking about me and his friend said, oh, have you heard from John? And I said, no, which one? <laughs> I know so many. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> I said, why would I hear from him anyway? So she said, oh, he keeps asking after you whenever I speak to him. So, uh, yeah, we met again and we have, we've been together ever since. It's 20 years now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so lovely. It's, it's when I actually opened up my heart because yes. my, my brother came and took me out for dinner one night before he was going up to the Northern Territory to go fishing. And uh, he said, to me he, he went when he met my sister in Darwin he said I'm a bit worried about Helen so she rang me and she said oh you know David said he's a bit worried about you what's going on I said I don't know she said oh he's just worried about you still being on your own so it was that realization that made me think if I've got people worrying about me because I'm on my own maybe it's a wake up call that I should open my heart to receiving someone. And mm -hmm. that's when I met John. I met him <laughs> the very next month. That's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. Yeah. So I think, you know, positive affirmations and things like that do work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being open, as you say, you, you know, um, you need to be in that space of, being open to possibility that that's something right. something good can come to you and that that's not an easy thing when you've been through an abusive relationship and you, you I think you had a significant amount of time on your own before you repartnered which would have given you a great opportunity to to work through and process all of those things that happened in your previous relationship that had hurt you and traumatized you and and caused you to feel um, a mistrust towards men um which you know would be understandable given some of the things that you went through um and uh, and yeah, time is a great healer. And I, I do think that um, if we go through abuse, it's really, it's part of our healing that we need to, um, we need to actually acknowledge how that has hurt us and, um, and tend to those wounds give ourselves some time and some space to tend to those wounds. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, everyone has baggage when we go from one 
relationship into another relationship but if we work on some of those things that were issues in our past relationship that was dysfunctional and abusive then we won't be carrying so much into our next relationship and I don't know whether you encountered that you know I'd be interested to know whether you encountered that in your marriage you've been married now for 20 years um I have been remarried for just over two years let's say two going on three years so it's still you know relatively new for me and I know that in this relationship that I am in that there are things which will happen that will be triggers to me because there are still things inside of me that I need to heal, that I'm still working on things. And I see that as being a process. And my husband and I thankfully have a very good um, line of communication with each other. And when those triggers arise and issues arise, we communicate through it. So, and that helps me to feel secure in the relationship that I'm in. So is that, what has your experience been like with um, repartnering and, you know, and your, your healing from your past hurts in, in your relationship that was, um, was quite abusive? Um, I had eight years on my own before I gave myself permission to partner up with another man on an intimate level. Um, it wasn't easy, but uh, when I, uh, living on my own for eight years as such, I mean, I had my children and I was um, determined not to have a relationship till my youngest was 18. So it, it felt right at that time. I had done a lot of healing. I had been through uh, to a lot of personal development sessions. I went to Anthony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and Hillsong Church and anywhere and everywhere that I could get positive feedback and to know that um, you know, I can be a worthy person. I am a worthy person. Yeah. That uh, I am, uh, you know, I'm able to uh, contribute as a worthy person to others. And so I was able, I was ready, really, to receive my husband's friendship. Yes. And there is harmony between our souls. So um, I find that it's not an abusive relationship. It's not one of, um, you know, heated arguments. We can uh, discuss things in a civilized yes. way. Um, if he gets uh, annoyed about something, we communicate. I yes. think that's so important in a, in a marriage, in a relationship, that there's that communication. And above all things, I think there has to be respect. Yes. You have to respect each other. Respect 
the person you're living with uh, as much as you want to be respected. Yeah. And uh, I've been very grateful that, um, uh, you know, he comes from a large family uh, and uh, they all had, they had accepted me and his mother was really happy that her son had met me. I felt so good, <laughs> you know, and uh, he's been, he's been great um, accepting my children. And, uh, you know, they've, um, I feel very blessed to be honest that how yeah. things have turned out. And I think, you know, gratitude does help in so many ways when you remember all the good things in your life. Yes. Uh, you're able to um, cope with, the traumas better. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, healing after the loss of my son, uh, that, that side of things will never die. Mm. But you learn to live with a new situation. Yes. You learn to live with um, what you have right now being very mindful mindfulness has taught me to live in the moment mm, yeah because if you think about the past it's going to drag you down yes uh, the future is too far away if you do now what you feel is going to be the right thing then tomorrow um, you will have a better tomorrow for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, and, yeah, you're now uh, helping other women too, aren't you, through, uh, through coaching to help them with their challenges with grief and loss and despair. Yes, that's right. I went back and I did uh, uh, a rapid results uh, coaching uh, accreditation whereby uh, I can help women who've been through trauma like myself there's um, uh, it's, it's an excellent excellent program that has worked for uh, many it's like ICF uh, accredited so um, I'm 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 just hopeful that um, the work that I do will give them results that they want so it's uh, it does take about eight weeks yeah change uh, but, is a process isn't it yeah that's right you know and you take them from where they are to where they want to be yes um you know therapy is a different thing that delves into all their past and all that sort of thing but coaching is so different isn't it it is yeah it absolutely is so it's good i know that one of the things that i'll i'll just ask you um what would you suggest for women who can't envision a better brighter future for themselves um Perhaps they're very much in the moment of what is happening to them. And it is not easy to imagine the future. Mm, that's it. Yes. Yes. Um, and they have got to go through their situation, what they're in, to make themselves as comfortable as possible. To remember that 
things will get better, whether mm. they like it or not. It's going to change. Yes. So just to hang on to hope and to visualize a brighter future and to make sure that they're grateful for everything that has been good in their lives. Yes. So to don't, do what don't forget those things. <laughs> yeah, don't forget those things yeah. because they've been there's been a lot of good. Yes. Uh, amongst the bad, you know, there's yeah. been there's been times when life has been really amazing. Yeah. And to think about that and just know that um, you need to to be at peace. You need to be mindful of what you're doing. Do some yoga. Do some meditation. Get back into your own body, get your mind into your own body. And that's what yoga does. Mm. I remember when I, uh, my, I lost my shops and things and I had to go, I went to a health retreat and I went uh, and they had a yoga lesson. And I found it so difficult to get my mind back into my body, into the moment yeah. and what I was doing. So just remember that you are important. You're vital. And, um, don't, uh, I would say, don't aggravate a situation. Uh, try and be as calm as you can in situations where you find yourself confronted by um, things that you don't like. I, I always felt that I could say whatever I wanted to uh, with my ex-husband after he had ranted and raved. Mm. Mm. Maybe the next day I could yes. say exactly what I wanted to and have a discussion. Yes. Rather than when I was younger and I would sort of lash back. Yes. Well, that's that that fight or flight thing that happens, that, you know, mm. in, instinctual thing that happens um, in our brains where we go into fight, flight or freeze mode. And that was interesting when you were talking about the things that happen inside of our brain when we're dealing with trauma, but also, you know, when we're dealing with confrontation, yeah. Um, you know, we we instinctually go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And when we can become predisposed to that because of um because it's become ingrained over time. And you know, that's it's hard to break those those ingrained habits, you know, but it is possible to retrain yourself to not go straight back into that same reaction and rather become responsive and I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about leaving it alone for if, if things flare up not to try and get the other person to see reason in that moment in the heat of the moment when you know things are heated and that's probably the best way to describe it when it's it's too hot to handle. You know, if you can just look at it as just being too hot to handle right now, wait until things cool down and then you can, you know, express yourself in the way that you feel about what happened. So um, 
I will always, always emphasize to you ladies listening that your safety is the most important thing to consider Mm. and you are the best judge of how safe you are Um, and that it is never your fault. It is never your fault if you are being hurt and or harmed. Um, But please seek help. Please don't feel as though you need to work through all of these things and find solutions within your relationship on your own if it is putting your safety at risk. If you if your safety is at risk, please, you know, call on the police. Um, don't hesitate to reach out for support. There are free online counselling services for Um, women who are abused and they are available 24 hours a day for you to call and talk about your problem if you can't speak to your partner because things are too heated and you need to speak to somebody and it's two o'clock in the morning you can call a free online counseling service um Other than that, if you are wanting to work through your problems um, and your challenges and you want to turn that corner and you want to explore coaching, um, Helen would love to work with some women who um, have experienced grief, loss and trauma. Um, This is what her heart is for and as you know I am here for you too so please reach out to us if we can be of any help to you so Helen I'll just ask you um all right we've covered so much ground I'm just going to ask you is there anything else you would have liked me to ask or cover in this interview um I'm glad you mentioned that the safety of women is utmost important because when you have a man that's aggressive or won't see reason, he may be under the influence of um, substances, uh, he's not in the right state of mind Correct. to have a discussion. Correct. So please just take care. Um, don't make him more angry where he will actually hurt you and the children. I've seen so much of that in my childhood that it's just not worth it. Yes. Uh, It's very important to be able to uh, bite the bullet as hard as it is, go and do something else, go to the toilet, just move away. Uh, And then when things quieten down, uh, if you have to go to a neighbor or whatever, do that but nowadays just call the cops Mm. they're there in the moment and they will shelter you they'll take you to a shelter or they will deal with your aggressive partner yes yeah but it's it's changed a lot and i'm really happy yes that there's so much awareness and so much help out there especially here in australia nowadays yes and there is no um excuse for children to be hurt for life scarred for life yes with emotional uh scarring yeah yeah we tend to forget about them when adults are fighting 
the little minds take everything in mm -hmm. and it affects them. Absolutely. So uh, really just um, make sure that um, you are safe and yeah. your you children are safe too. Our children safe. And yeah. make sure that you you know that there's hope around the corner. Mm. So hope and uh, peace, meditation mm. <laughs> uh, will give you happiness for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Helen, are there any links that you would like to mention for your uh, for people to find you? Um, I have a website, HelenGlenn.com. So uh, you, you'd find... I will include the link for you to connect with Helen if you would like to, and you will find that in the episode notes. And Thank you. The, you're very welcome. And for the final question, because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, what does this title mean to you as a woman? You know, I think that um, every woman has a little girl in her wearing the tiara. We come out with uh, the tiara when we're little girls because we, we see the little princess in us. And I think as we grow older, we should never forget that, mm. of who we are. Mm. Through all the tears and the trauma, we still are our own best friend mm. and our own little princesses. Mm. That's beautiful. I feel truly blessed and privileged and so very grateful to have had this beautiful conversation with you today Helen um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'd like to thank you very very much for being on the show today my pleasure Sandy thank you we all go through dark times when we do we often feel alone this is a safe space for you to come and look for some light I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. 
Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.